Sox fans. Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones, and we're going to go over the uh, road trip that the Ducks have been on, which uh, started out great, but then uh, not so great with the last couple of games, and then uh, a little bit of a turn of events there uh, with the last one, as uh, Lindholm ended up getting a hat-trick here against this game against the Islanders, so we're going to cover all these games. The Ducks still have one more against uh, Pittsburgh coming up here, but we'll talk about how the Ducks have done so far in these five games on their East Coast road trip. We'll also talk about some fan questions as well and cover those and, and talk about some of the Ducks injuries and practice updates um, that are going on with the team currently. So uh, after our last podcast, the Ducks had beat Carolina at home 3-2. to two. Uh, Unfortunately, Corey Perry was injured. He ran into Jeff Skinner, kind of on an innocent-looking play, Eddie, but the Ducks were without him. Then they got Getzloff and Silverberg back. The Ducks went on the road trip. And they ended up uh, taking out the St. Louis Blues to get off to a good start, Eddie. Yeah, we talked about how tough it would be, you know, this entire road trip to, to begin with, but uh, to, to face the St. Louis Blues again and, and one of the top teams in the Western Conference, it was always going to be tough. And they really played a solid game in this one. I, I think a lot of the credit definitely has to go to John Gibson again. I, I mean, the, the Blues outshot the Ducks 30-18 to 18 in this game, and and I, I think they probably deserved a better fate than losing 3-1. to one. But, you know, a lot of the, the effort goes to John Gibson this one. And, and then again, Kevin Waugh continues to impress. I mean, he had two goals in this game and was arguably their best player. I mean, a great individual efforts on both goals. And, and I think, you know, he's been sort of the, the Andre Kasha of this season. You know, last year, Kasha came out of nowhere and really surprised everyone. And that's kind of what Kevin Waugh has done this season. So, it was great to see and, and, you know, a great way to start the road trip. Yeah, the Ducks took it to the Blues. You know, they ended up uh, starting out the road trip with a win. Like you said, the Ducks did get outshot. They got beat in the face-off circle, too, uh, you know, kind of bad, uh, you know, 57 to 43%. But they managed to get the win. They got plenty of blocked shots in this game. They had 19 blocked shots against the Blues. Uh, they also did good in the penalty kill. The Blues had four power play chances in this game. And the Ducks were able to shut them down. They did not get, uh, you know, any kind of, uh, you know, goals on those. And really, I mean, the Blues didn't score till late in this game. I mean, it was a great uh, defensive effort by the Ducks. And getting Silverberg and Getzloff back helped. Uh, you know, Getzloff got an assist in this game. And Cognano, we saw, get a goal as well, too, early in the, in the, uh, the second period to get the Ducks going. So uh, a good start to the road trip, Eddie. Uh, we knew this road trip was going to be difficult. The Ducks had several uh, opponents, you know, worthy opponents, teams that are, uh, you know, top ranking uh, in the league. And, you know, with this, the Ducks then went into Washington and it, it looked good in this game again. You know, the Ducks, uh, they started out, uh, Grant and Silverberg uh, got the Ducks off to a 2 nothing lead. Uh, Washington then battled back in the third period. Some turnovers killed the Ducks. The Ducks went into overtime, and then, of course, who else? Alex Ovechkin, Ovechkin excuse me, gets the game-winning goal, and the Ducks lose this game 3-2, uh, to two, Eddie. They managed to get a point, but they did blow that two-goal lead in Washington. Yeah, and, and this is kind of becoming a trend as of late, the Ducks' inability to play a full 60 minutes. Uh, I mean, the, the first 40 were great, and had a 2 nothing lead, and then from there they just they couldn't they couldn't hold out they couldn't defend the lead and, and obviously Backstrom and Kuznetsov get 
uh, the game tied before the 10-minute mark, and then Ovechkin snipes one past Gibson in in overtime. And and you know the struggles in overtime have, have been you know this season, last season. That's been something that's been going on for a while. But you know the Ducks just lately have have been having issues closing out games. And it's something that's come back to haunt them. I mean, they deserved two points in this game had they been able to play in the extra 20 minutes. And it's, you know, it. I don't know what it is. I don't know what to attribute it to, either it's coaching or, or the players or what it is. But it's something they're definitely going to have to remedy because they're leaving points on the table. And it's something we've said about the overtime losses and the shootout losses is you're continuing to leave points on the table. And, and when you're in a game and you're going to the third period up 2 nothing, you're expected to win that game. And when you can only come out of with a point, it's definitely disappointing, no matter who you're playing. Yeah, I mean, the Ducks played, you know, Washington in a good, you know, tight battle. Uh, this game was kind of a uh, unique in, in terms of special teams play, Eddie. It was it was uh, only one power play in this entire game, uh, and it went to the Ducks. I mean, I can't remember the last time that's happened. The Ducks actually did score. Silverberg scored on that man advantage, which uh, put the Ducks up two nothing in this game, but. In the third period, I think the killer really, Eddie, was the turnovers, and that's what uh, did the Ducks in. Both those goals that Washington scored, if the Ducks had, uh, you know, taken care of the puck basically and not have, uh, you know, either cleared the zone or not have made poor passes, I think that really was the difference in this game because uh, one less mistake and they probably win this game two to one. Yeah, and, and it's it's a trend. I mean, we saw it in the next game too against New Jersey. You know, they go into the third period up three to two. And they end up losing the game five to three. Uh, I mean, you know, it's it's just it's just disappointing. You know, in, in this one, you know, against New Jersey, they're not even able to get a point out of the game, and you've you've left two points on the table when when you're going into the third period up three to two. And we saw that again uh, against the Islanders later in the week. They actually were able to end up finally winning a game in overtime and getting the points in that one. But you know, it, it's becoming a trend, and, and it's something they're going to have to remedy after the Christmas break. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely frustrating for fans. You, you see the Ducks go up two goals to none against Washington. They lose that game 3-2 uh, to two in overtime. Then they go up uh, against New Jersey, you know, 2 nothing in the first period. Getzloff and Silverberg, the, the two that we talked about, finally coming back to the team, contributing right away. And, and the Ducks built that lead early. And then uh, Miles Wood ends up scoring two goals in the uh, second period, uh, we did have a highlight goal, though, in that second period, Eddie, which I think pretty much everybody was cracking up about is Adam Henrique. He uh, flips the puck over former Duck Sammy Votnin, uh, races past him, gets the puck, and shoots it in past Corey Snyder uh, for the goal. And that was probably the highlight of the game. I know the Ducks did lose, but uh, what did you think about that play? I mean, it had a lot of people on social media going crazy as Henrique beat Votnin, who, of course, the two were traded for earlier this season. Yeah, it's it's kind of ironic. I mean, you know, Henrique saves arguably the goal of the year against his former team, and and not only against his former team, but he burns former Duck Sammy Botton in on the play, and and I think it was great. I mean, it is up for goal of the year for sure. I know we're only halfway through the season, so a lot can happen, but it was just great to see. And you know, I think it's a little bit bittersweet for the fans there. Of course, they want to see Henrique do well with the Ducks, but at the time that was uh, an insurance goal for the Ducks. Obviously, it didn't work out, but. You no, know, a great effort from him, uh, to, to, and it's just a little bit extra special for him to do it against Sammy Botnin. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in terms of the trade, so far, you know, obviously this game it didn't work out, but overall it's worked out for the Ducks. 
Um, getting back to this game, the Ducks, you know, they ended up losing in the third period. Uh, Nash, uh, excuse me, uh, New Jersey ended up scoring three goals. And former Duck Stefan Nason scored two in this one, Eddie. Uh, you know, he had the game-winning goal and the uh, empty net goal at the very, very end. Um, kind of unfortunate. I mean, you see that the Ducks uh, had a chance here, and then they ended up getting burned by a former Duck on the last two goals of the game. Yeah, I guess that seemed to be the the trend in this one is is just former teammates burning their their former team. I mean, uh, Vanin had a an assist on the power play goal. Henrik uh, getting the the arguably goal of the year against Sammy Vanin, and then Stefan Nason scoring the game winner, and then the the insurance goal and the empty net. But yeah, uh, I mean, you no, know, these aren't the guys you expect to score from New Jersey either. You know, Taylor Hall left pointless in this game. Kyle Palmieri left pointless in this game. Nico Hischer left pointless in this game, and you get a guy like Stefan Nason getting two key goals and Brian Boyle getting three points in the third period. You know, these aren't the guys you expect to get these points for this team, especially when you're, you know, you're trying to hold on to a lead. And, it, you know, it kind of just makes it that much more disappointing that it wasn't with their top guys that burned them. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and you know, and again, the Ducks, they blew another two goal lead. Very, very frustrating. Um, they then had to play the Rangers the very next night in New York. And in this one, uh, the Ducks actually got behind early. Um, and then, you know, by a lot, actually, they, they ended up being down 3 nothing, uh after two periods of play. Andre Kasha got the lone goal for the Ducks. So the Ducks ended up losing this one 4-1. to one. So if you thought maybe, you know, let's give the other team the lead, maybe the Ducks would come back and win. <laughs> No, that didn't work out in this one. The Ducks actually did outshoot the Rangers 40 to 32 in this game, but they weren't able to uh to pull out the win. They they actually played pretty good in this game, Eddie. They just ran into a very very hot Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah, I mean, he was first star for sure in this game, you know, obviously stopping 39 of 40 shots against. And it was just a tough game. You know, it's a back-to-back, a disappointing loss the night before. They came in this game, and they actually looked pretty good. Like you said, they didn't really look tired to start with, uh, but the Rangers got one late in the first period and then early in the second, and that just seemed to kill all momentum for the, for the Ducks from there, you know, especially that early goal in the second period. You know, you're coming out of the dressing room, you're hoping to get things going your way, and then 38 seconds into the second period, the Rangers go up to nothing, and that just kind of seemed to kill all momentum for there. Obviously, like you said, Andre Kacha gets, uh, the the consolation goal in the third period, but it was it was too late at that point. And really, like you said, Henrik Lundqvist still stole the show in this one. Yeah, I mean, after the Ducks had those two games where you know they they got up two nothing, got uh, those leads got away from them. They come out in this game against uh, the Rangers. It looks like they play you know pretty well, and then they end up losing it. So you know this road trip ends up not looking too good for Anaheim so far. You know they they start out with a win against St. Louis. Then basically three losses in a row. They then go in to play uh, the New York Islanders, and again the Ducks get a two-goal lead. Eddie, this time um, you know it's, it's Lindholm. At first we thought it was Cogliano that scored that first goal, but the review showed that Lindholm touched it last, so he gets the first goal. Kasha gets another goal, and here we go again. The Ducks are up two nothing after the first period. Something we've seen in uh, you know in the last two out of three games. The Islanders get a goal in the second period. Lindholm comes back, gets a goal. Tavares gets a goal. And, and the Ducks are still up by one going into the third. And then they blow that lead. They go down four to three. Everybody's, you know, basically having a meltdown. We're all like, what is going on with this team? You know, it looks like the Ducks are done and out in this game. Uh, they pull the goalie. Raquel gets the tying goal with just over a minute to go. 
Lindholm gets a winning goal in overtime, uh, the hat trick as well. And what a crazy game. I mean, if you look at all these games in this road trip, this one has to be, I mean, if you want to talk about putting emotions on your sleeve and, and just wearing it this whole night, this has to be one of the games that you look at and you go, oh, my God. I mean, it, you know, it looked like the Ducks had this game early. Then it looked like the Islanders had it. And then for the Ducks to come back and win this game, what a tremendous boost, Eddie, especially after blowing the lead in these, you know, basically three games they've blown the lead, and they finally were able to come back and at least win one of those three. Yeah, and this game almost mirrored the New Jersey game uh, identical. Like, it was, again, a 2 nothing lead after the first, a 3-2 lead after the second, and then the Islanders get two goals, and, you know, it's, uh, it's a third Islander goal away from being identical to the the New Jersey game, and, and then luckily Raquel is able to, to grab a goal late to send it to overtime, and, and you know, the Ducks finally able to, again, close out a lead, uh, close out a win in, in overtime, so you know, hopefully this is the end of, of both of, of those streaks, you know, the Ducks <laughs> finally winning a game in overtime, and finally not blowing a, a uh, 2 nothing or two-goal lead, and uh, it leading to a loss, so hopefully those two things are done with but uh, again, I, I think you have to look at two guys specifically in this game. You know, one Ryan Getzlaff with four assists in this game, com- com- completely controlled the play. Was was one of the Ducks' best players. I think you could say almost the best player if Hampus Lindholm didn't have a hat trick, and and how good he was in this game as well. So I think just a great effort from from those two guys, and you know they were able to pull it out in the end. So it, you know all that matters is they were able to get the two points. Yeah, and I mean, this is this is a huge game. I mean, you talk about it. A lot of people were very uh, upset and concerned about this team. We saw Dan Wood talking about, and Steve Carroll as well, talking about the Ducks. They actually answered uh, Dave Santa Maria's question before the game about this team and how everybody's concerned if they're going to make the playoffs. And they quoted me on there, too, you know, basically telling everybody, hey, it's not even halfway through the season yet. You know, just just take a deep breath. You know, we still have time to go. And some of the fan questions we did get were, you know, people were concerned about, hey, what do the Ducks need to do these last couple games? I mean, if they don't win, you know, are we basically, for lack of a better term, screwed? Um, And I don't think so. I mean, you look at these games, and, I mean, they're big games. Obviously, they play the Islanders. They came back and won in overtime, got the, you know, the two points. They have Pittsburgh, of course, another big team to play. But, you know, the Ducks still haven't had uh, Kessler either. And they've been without Perry on this road trip as well, and they're still scraping it out. I mean, obviously, you know, they, they're not doing as well as we would like, but they got five points in five games, Eddie. I mean, that's not that bad considering no Perry and no Kessler. Yeah, and considering we said going into this road trip, this could be, you know, it could get bad for the Ducks. This is, they're playing a lot of top teams, you know, St. Louis, Washington, New Jersey, the Islanders. And, and then again, Pittsburgh uh, tomorrow. I mean, these are some top teams in the National Hockey League. You know, the Ducks could have came out of this with no wins and, and been below 500. And we said that was going to be the worst case scenario uh, on last uh, last time. So I was going to say last week's podcast, but it's been a while since we did one. So. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, you can't love what they did, but going two two and one isn't awful. It could have been a lot worse, especially with guys like Perry and Kessler out of the lineup. So I think you got to look at it, uh, look on the bright side and say, hey, you know, they're able to come out of this with five points, and if they can go in and beat Pittsburgh tomorrow, they can come out of it with seven points. So, you know, that would be that would be a win for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got to look at how the Ducks have done so far, and like we said, getting those five points in five games is tremendous. 
looking at this game against the Islanders, you know, Hampus Lindholm got his first career hat trick. He's only the second Ducks defenseman to get a hat trick. You know, you got to go back in time here and go back to Ludomir Visnowski back on March 4th, 2011, when he got a hat trick. So he's only the second Ducks defenseman to do it. And as you mentioned, Ryan Getzloff, he had four assists. That's the second most in the NHL since, uh, you know, he made his uh, league debut in 2005-2006 season. Uh, Nicholas Backstrom has the most at number 10. So some stuff going on there for the Ducks, some positive notes. Obviously, uh, Gibson and Miller have been playing in both these games as well. The Ducks have been solid in the net. They've been maybe a little bit questionable in, in, in the uh, special teams play, but the Ducks are still in this. Uh, you know, a lot of people... Uh, maybe are concerned and whatnot. You look at this team, though, Eddie, and and they're only one point, one point out of the the uh, wild card spot behind the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, I, I mean they're still in it, and, and uh, I think one thing you have to look at as well. I, I believe it was, I believe it was Guy Hubert who said it uh, on the broadcast last game, and you have to. No, I no, I believe. I think it was Dan Wood, uh, going back to the same video you had referenced. But they had said that a couple seasons ago, the Ducks were near the bottom of the NHL at the Christmas break. 16 points behind the LA Kings, and they came back and they won the Pacific Division. Uh, and you have to look at where they are this year. And like you said, they're only one point out. They're above 500. they They're still looking to get Kessler and Perry back. So there's a good chance they can still make the playoffs. And I think a lot of people have got to look at it. You know, you know the Ducks have been so good for, for so long. A lot of people look at this and say, oh, we might as well just tank. But you know, they're not that far of a playoff spot. And they're getting arguably two of their best players back in the lineup come early January. So you got to look at the pods and say, this is a team who, once they get all their best players back, is, is going to contend for a playoff spot and, and going to still contend for a Stanley Cup. And you know, obviously there's some things they still have to work on. I think after moving Sammy Votnin, uh, the bottom pairing defense on this team is very suspect when you've got BX and Boschman on the same pairing. Um, you know, that's something that they can maybe work on, maybe grabbing a, a bottom five, six guy at the deadline for cheap if they want to shore up some things there or, or pick up another another scoring winger at the deadline as well. And we'll get into that in, in some of the fan questions. But by no means are they out of it. You know, they've come back from worse positions before. So so I, I think you know a lot of people have to have to remain hopeful for that they'll still make the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. That's obviously been, you know, the concern we saw it in the, uh, the fan questions that you talked about. Dan Wood talked about the, you know, the Ducks being so far out, coming back, catching the Kings. Um, you and I talked about this, too. We don't care about winning the division. I think the Ducks don't care either. You just want to get healthy, get hot, going to the playoffs. We've seen teams do that in the, you know, as the eighth seed and, and going deep. So that's what we're looking at. But, you know, it brings us to our fan questions. A lot of people are concerned, Eddie, a lot of people. And, and, I, and I get it. I mean, with what's going on with the team right now, I mean, if you don't have a little bit of concern, you know, uh, you, you should a little bit. But I, I think you and I are both on the same page. We think that the Ducks aren't in that bad of a position. So going through some of these questions, one of them we had, Eddie, was uh, Marcos. He asked about uh, Randy Carlisle. Did we think his job was in danger? You know, and he also scratched uh, Brandon Montour. And, I mean, I'll take a stab at this right away, Eddie. I don't think Carlisle's job is in danger. And he talked about Brandon Montour. And the problem that he's had is that he's been more offensive-minded than defensively, which is okay. Obviously, you're going to have some defensemen that need to jump up in the play, but he felt like he was doing it too much and missing some assignments. So I was okay with him 
benching him that one game. I thought that was a, a good move uh, by Carlisle, a seasoned coach. I think that was the right move. I think uh, Brandon got the message, and he responded in the game against the Islanders. So, uh, so far, I don't think Carlisle's job's in danger. And I think he, you know, given with what's been going on with this team in the whole season, I think he's handled it pretty well, Eddie. Yeah, I definitely don't think his job is in danger right now. You know, he has a lot of plausible excuses to go with. I mean, the the fact that so many guys have been injured this season, you know, that that's something could fall back on for sure. But you no, know, I think if Kessler and Perry, when they get back in the lineup, if they continue to struggle uh, as a team, then I think you know there's a possibility that his job could be in danger. But but as of right now, no, I don't think so. I think he's done a good job dealing with the injuries that the Ducks have had. I think the Ducks are a deep enough team that they're able to sustain some success with, with a lot of these guys out of the lineup. But, you know, there are no excuses when all these guys get back up to the lineup. If the Ducks aren't performing uh, at the point at the level that they're expected to, then, then he should start worrying for sure. But I think one thing that, you know, I, I didn't even know this until I saw it the other day, but this is the first year since 1998 that no coach has been fired before the Christmas break. <laughs> I, I didn't even know. Like, I... I you, know, you don't even notice it. I guess it just becomes such a trend that you're just used to coaches getting fired before the Christmas break. But uh, I mean, that was a little bit surprising. I, I and I think you know I don't think that has anything to, to do with Carlisle getting fired or not. But I think his job's safe for now. But like I said, once everybody comes back healthy, there there are no fallbacks. And that kind of leads us to the next question, Eddie, because Corey asked, "Do you foresee the Ducks making the playoffs?" Which you and I have talked about. And when they get Perry and Kessler back which you know, we're hoping is early January. That's kind of what we've been hearing lately. Um, you know, Not official, but that's, what, that's kind of the word on the street. But I still think this team makes the playoffs. Like I said, they're only one point out of a wildcard spot. Obviously, it's, it's tight. If you look at the standings, there's a couple other teams battling it out, too, with them to make those last couple spots. I think this team, though, does make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to sustain as many injuries in the second half of the season as I knock on wood very loudly. <laughs> But I, I think this team is still a playoff team, Eddie. I, especially with Kessler coming back, um, getting you know his form back, his skating back, which he's talked about. He actually practiced today, which we heard about from Eric Stevens. I, I, I have a lot of hope for this team, and I think the second half is going to be an upswing for Anaheim. Yeah, I think. You know, I, I definitely think getting Kessler and, and Perry back is going to help, and I still think even just with those two additions coming back, the Ducks are a playoff team. Uh, I think a different animal is saying that they're a Stanley Cup contender. I think losing Votnin, uh, although it has helped the team, has left a big hole, especially on that bottom pairing defense. And I mentioned this earlier in the show, how now you've got Bieksa and Boschman on that bottom pairing, and they're usually paired together, which is just an abysmal lineup <laughs> to send out there. It's, it's, and then you've got Holtz who can come in. We've had we've seen Andy Walensky come in lately. We've seen Jacob Magna fill a role down there, but Nobody is really stuck down there, and it's almost that BX and Boschman have to play because they're on one-way contracts, and there's really no way they're going to sit out of the lineup. But I think if the Ducks are going to make a push to win a Stanley Cup this year, they're going to need to add somebody. And it doesn't have to be a top-four guy. I think the top-four defensemen they have now are suitable. I think they just need to add a solid 5-6 guy who isn't, you know, a who's not a Boschman or a BX. He's a little bit more mobile, a little more, more hockey IQ, uh, you know, a modern-day 5-6. And I think that's something they could add at the deadline for relatively cheap. They have the draft picks if they want to go out and get one. 
And I think if they want to make a big splash, and, and again, I, I mentioned this earlier, we'll get into this, and I believe it is a fan question, but I think they could look to add another top-nine winger, and there are some guys available that are UFAs at the end of the year that could be available at the deadline. And, and I think you know those are two things that could make them that much better uh, and make a push to, to run for a Stanley Cup this year. And, and, you know, we have several fan questions about the trade deadline, as you touched on already. We have Alex asks about the Henry trade and how it's done so well. Can we expect more? We have Siska. She asks about Eric Carlson. We know that he's talked about, you know, being available and whatnot. And we have Alexander that asks even about uh, Evander Kane, which is a name we've heard about a bunch of times. And it also leads towards, uh, he talks about Nick Ritchie and maybe him not doing as well. So there's a bunch of stuff that we can cover right now, Eddie. Um, I think you and I are in the same agreement. Do the Ducks make a move during the trade deadline? Yes, absolutely. They will make a move. The question is, what will they do? Do you think they go after Carlson or Kane, or do you think they do something else more on, you know, uh, besides that? Uh, what are your thoughts as far as some of these fan questions and, and how the Ducks proceed as the uh, trade deadline approaches? Yeah, well, to, to start with the, the craziest one, I think you have to look at Eric Carlson and and, you know, it's not so crazy that he's going to get traded, obviously, with his recent comments saying that when he goes to market, he's going to get what he deserves. So that's something to worry about, definitely, for Ottawa Senators fans. But when it comes to the Ducks, number one, I don't think they can afford him at the salary he's at right now. Uh, number two, definitely can't afford what he's going to want to pay on the market. And, and you know, the assets that they would have to give back to the Sens, even right now, would be uh, unbelievable. So I don't think any move happens there with Eric Carlson. I think he might eventually get traded if Ottawa doesn't think they can resign him, but it's definitely not going to be to the Ducks. Uh, for Vander Kane, I think it's still a possibility. I think the Ducks have kind of been sniffing around that area all year. Um, I think the Sabres are probably asking a little bit too much. But, you know, he is an unrestricted free agent. Come trade deadline, the price might go a little bit down if the Sabres feel like they aren't going to get a deal. Um, I feel like they're going to have to move him. They're, they're a horrible team this year, um, and he's probably not going to re-sign there next year. So they're going to want to get at least something for him because, you know, if you remember back when he was originally traded from Winnipeg, the Sabres gave up Tyler Myers for him, and I'm sure they'd want to get something in return instead of losing him for free in free agency. Um, if the Ducks, though, if they're going to make any deal, they don't really have a lot of pieces to work around anymore. Uh, I know Sammy Votnin was their big trade chip, and obviously he went to New Jersey in the deal for Adam Henrique. So that doesn't really leave them a lot of options. They've got Cognano and Vermet who are pending UFAs, but I don't think they're going to bring back a lot of value. You've got possibility of moving Nick Ritchie if you want to go that route, but I don't think the Ducks are ready to give up on him just quite yet. And then the only other big trade piece you have left is, is Jakob Larson. And I think you only really save him if you're going to go for a guy like Evander Kane or if you're going to go for, for a guy like uh, a top six forward. But, again, I don't know if the Ducks really want to trade him for a rental player. And that kind of takes Evander Kane out of the question. Um, as for other potential targets, um, I think a lot of people are, are looking at Vegas and how well they're doing. Um, and not thinking of them as sellers. And I think, you know, George McPhee has said all along that he's looking to make this team better in, in the long term. And I think there's still a big possibility that they move James Neal at the deadline. I'm not sure if the Ducks would end up going that route, especially the fact that they're still in the, in, in the same division and that Vegas is, is competing for a playoff spot. Uh, but I don't think George McPhee wants to lose James Neal for, for nothing, especially the way he's playing this season. I think they can 
bring back some solid assets that will help them in the future. And I think the most interesting one is Jonathan, Jonathan Marsha show. Um, that, you know, he's on a very, very friendly contract right now, and I think a lot of teams would be willing to make a trade for him. And if the Ducks can go out and, and get a piece like that, I mean, he's a point-per-game player this season with, with the Golden Knights. And if Vegas is willing to move a guy like that, I think if you're the Ducks, you, you have to try and pursue uh, a guy like that. Even if he is an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season, I think that's a guy you could realistically re-sign. Yeah, he brings some good points there. I mean, you know, maybe the Ducks and Vegas end up being trade partners, like you talked about. Marsha Show and Neil maybe being ones that could be out there come this trade deadline. I think in terms of, you know, looking at the Ducks and looking at their roster, like you said, uh, you know, Jack of Larson is definitely a name that comes up. And I do see Nick Ritchie as being a name out there. I, I agree with you. I don't think they're ready to give up on him yet. But, you know, he's got three goals in 30 games so far this season. Not quite what we've expected. He had 14 last year in 77 games, which is a little bit better. So those are some players that I, I would look at uh, in terms of, if, you know, obviously the trade, uh, trade deadline comes uh, here pretty soon. Uh, I would look at Larson and uh, Richie as some of the names that may be out there. But like you said, with the Ducks, they're kind of in a tough spot. You know, their uh, cap situation right now is they've got a little bit over $4 million, uh in the cap, according to Cap Friendly, which... Uh, obviously includes um, you know Patrick Eves being on the IR, which we haven't heard anything about. We don't know what's going to happen with him. Obviously, his health is the uh, the first and foremost concern for him. But that's where the Ducks are right now. They're they're kind of tight. You know, they're waiting to get uh, Perry and and Kessler back. And uh, from there, you know, that's really it as far as getting healthy. They also did send uh, Blandizi down to San Diego. That was kind of the last move that they did recently. But looking at these moves, Eddie, I, I still think the Ducks do make some kind of move coming this trade deadline. I don't know if it will be Carlson. I, I think that's kind of a stretch like you talked about. Evander Kane may be a possibility. I don't know if they'd throw Larson or Richie out there in some draft picks. That's, that's kind of one I would want to watch. I don't know if it happens, but it's definitely something interesting. But I definitely think the Ducks try to do something, Eddie, because – um, they will get, like we talked about, uh, Perry and Kessler back. But I feel like maybe one more move might get them a little bit higher in the playoffs. I think this team will make the playoffs, but if they want to make that push, some kind of other addition would help this team. Yeah, and they don't really have to be big moves either. I mean, we've seen Bob Murray make seemingly small moves uh, that have paid dividends for the Ducks in the long run. I mean, Patrick Eves is the, the most recent one you could think of. I mean, nobody expected him to come in and do as well as he did. Uh, I was critical of him coming in from Dallas and getting the opportunity to play with Ben and Sagan, and if that will continue when he comes over to the Ducks. And, of course, he proved me wrong and was great. And even the Henrique trade, it paid dividends early. He slowed down a little bit, but I, I think it's definitely been a win for the Ducks. So he could make a small move that could end up, that could end up turning the tides for the Ducks going into the playoffs. So, uh, you know, I don't put it past him to make a couple small moves if the big one doesn't work out. He usually likes to try and make something happen at the deadline, whether it be a, usually it's a small move anyway. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. But like you said, I definitely think they could stand to gain something from, from making a trade. Absolutely. And, I mean, it's a little bit of a ways, but, you know, keep your eye on the Ducks and obviously Bob Murray to see what they uh, may do here in the next uh, month or five or six weeks. So the Ducks are going to finish up this road trip, Eddie, against the Penguins, my other team that I like. Of course, I want the Ducks to win, but they're going to face the Penguins, which isn't going to be a small task. They're also going to come back home. They're going to face the Vegas Knights again. 
They're going to face Calgary, and then they're going to face the uh, Arizona Coyotes on New Year's Eve. So <clears throat> the Ducks have, you know, they're going to have some kind of iffy games here. They're going to have the Penguins and, and the Knights, obviously not the easy games uh, coming up here. They will have a three-day break between those two games, which is good. And they will take on Calgary, another uh, you know Pacific Division foe, and then of course Arizona, who we all know Arizona's towards the bottom. But hopefully in these next uh, week or plus so, we hope the Ducks you know end up getting a couple wins out of these games. Uh, Eddie, what do you think as far as the Ducks close out this road trip against Pittsburgh and then return home? Yeah, so the Pittsburgh one's interesting because normally, I mean, any other season, but this season you say that's going to be a very tough game. Pittsburgh is one of the best teams in the in the NHL, and, and this year they've been almost the opposite. I mean, they're sitting fixed in the Metro Division right now. They're 18-15-3. They've lost four of their last six, and they they just really haven't looked like the Pittsburgh team we're used to. And I think a lot of that comes down to some of the key pieces they lost. Obviously, they lost Nick Benino, and he had developed some great chemistry with Kessel and Hagelin. Uh, they lost Matt Cullen as well. And I think just the guys they lost, they didn't really do a great job replacing some of the players they lost. And, and it's really shown this year. And, they, you know, obviously they had to get rid of Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, and uh, Matt Murray hasn't been excellent this year. I believe he's also been hurt at times. And, and Tristan Yari's had to come in and, and play a, a handful of games for them. So it's going to be an interesting matchup because it's not the Pittsburgh team we're used to. You know, you're still going... Uh, to PPG Paints Arena, which is always a tough place to pay uh, to play. So it, it's an interesting matchup. I think it will be key for them to, to get a win in this one and at least come out of the road trip at, at a 3-2-1 record, which I think would be a big win for them, uh, considering how we expected them to come out of this road trip. And, and then, like you said, you come back from Christmas, and you've got Vegas on the 27th, you've got Calgary on the 29th, and then you've got Arizona uh, in, on uh, it's actually the, the 1 p.m. game on New Year's Eve. So it's it's some tough matchups, you know. The the two main ones I think are, are going to be after Christmas are Vegas and, and Calgary. You know, Calgary's one point above them in the standings, so that's obviously a big game. And then Vegas as well. You're always looking to gain ground on on them if you're the Ducks. So those are two big four point games. You know, the Arizona one I guess technically because they're in the same division is a four point game. I don't think Arizona's really challenging anybody for a playoff spot right now, but it is still a big game. So. It'll be nice for the Ducks to get back at home, and hopefully they can pile on some wins here after the Christmas break. Yeah, and you know, with that, uh, you know, Christmas is coming up, Eddie. And one of the fan uh, questions we have is from uh, Eddie Richard. He talks about the Ducks players and who's been naughty and who's been nice. Obviously, who's been playing bad and who's been playing good. So, you know, uh, looking at some of these uh, the players, uh, what do you think as far as, you know, uh, you know, we're almost coming up to halfway on the uh, season here, the road trip. Who do you think's been playing well and who do you think's been playing uh, not so well? well? I think one guy you have to look at that, you know, hasn't got a ton of attention this year is Josh Manson. I mean, he's got 17 points in 36 games this year, leading the Ducks plus minus with, at 12. And, you know, 17 points is his career high, and he did that in, in last year. In about, I believe that. I think he played 80-plus games last year. Now he's at 36 games, and he's already matched his career high. I mean, he's taken a huge step forward offensively this year and been one of the Ducks' top defensemen. So I think he definitely has to get some recognition. Obviously, Brandon Montour as well, who's also sitting at 17 points. He's taken a huge step forward, which is needed uh, so that Sammy Vaughn could have been traded for a guy like Adam Henrique. So I think those two guys have definitely stepped up this year. And then Ryan Getzlaff. I mean, in every game he's played in this season, he's arguably been, arguably been the Ducks' best player, especially last night against the Islanders. I mean, I think he's one of the only guys in the NHL right now who doesn't have to be 
a fast player. The moment the puck gets on his stick, he completely slows down the game. There's not many guys who can do that nowadays. So I think, you know, he definitely has to, to go on that list as well. Yeah, I mean, for me, I agree with everything you said. Uh, some of the other names I throw out there are uh, Wah and Kase. I mean, you look at these guys. Uh, Kevin's got six goals in 20 games. You know, he had that uh, game where he got two goals earlier in the uh, road trip to, to get the Ducks to that win against St. Louis. And then you've got Kase. Kase's uh, been playing um, pretty well this season. He's got eight goals in 23 games. So, those are the two guys I look for. If you're looking at the, the nice list, so to speak, as Eddie Richard talked about, I would look at those uh, two players, especially younger guys that have really stepped up and helped this team out. Well, we had Getzloff out and now Perry, and then, of course, uh, Kessler as well. So those are some of the guys I look at as far as the Ducks uh, are doing well this season. As far as the ones not doing so well, I mean, you'd have to look at the defense. Um, I agree with you. I think Manson has definitely been on the good list. He's been doing pretty well. And, of course, Lindholm now with the recent hat trick and Fowler as well. I think uh, Boschman and Bieksa have been kind of kind of iffy here and there, you know, maybe a little bit uh, on the turnovers and, and whatnot, not so much playing as well. And the Ducks' defense has been suspect. Uh, we've seen that throughout the season as they've given up so many shots. So, those are a couple of the guys I look at in the defense. And, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I like Bix and I like Bushman. I know a lot of people um, have mixed feelings about those two, but those are two guys I like, but those are two that I think uh, need to elevate their game a little bit more, Eddie, if the Ducks want to make a push in the second half of the season. Yeah, I think I have to agree with those two. I think the only one I might add to that list is Nick Ritchie. And, and just because we expected him to take another step forward this year, and, you know, he's only sitting on three goals in 30 games with a, a total of 10 points and just really hasn't been able to get anything going this season, which is which is disappointing. You know, we expected him after getting 14 goals last year to hopefully take another step forward and get close to 20 this year. And, and you know, unless he gets on a hot streak in the second half of the season here, that just doesn't look like it's going to happen. And that's kind of been an unfortunate story this, this season as well. So I think I'd have to add him onto that list with, with Bolshevin and BXO. Yeah, I would agree with you, and that kind of goes to some of our fan questions from before about whether or not he's going to be traded or not. <laughs> you know, I don't know if he's going to be traded, honestly, but I would definitely not be surprised if his name is thrown around out there, so he's definitely a player to watch. We talked about Jack of Larson being another player to watch <laughs> as the Ducks, you know, try to push here in the second half. You know, there's plenty of hockey left. I know a lot of people um kind of down on the Ducks lately. Uh, I, I wouldn't be. You know, we haven't even gotten to 41 games yet, which is the halfway mark. We have plenty to go, Eddie. And I think this team has a chance. I mean, you know, going into January, they've got a lot of games against Pacific Division teams. They're going to play Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, our favorite, the Kings, twice. They're going to play uh, the Sharks as well. I mean, there's a lot of hockey left. I really think this team, you know, can make a push. Whether or not they win the division, eh, I don't know. I don't think they will this year. I don't know if they'll they'll keep that streak going. But I definitely think this team can make a push. Maybe they'll make one or two moves. Like you said, it doesn't necessarily have to be a huge move come the trade deadline. But I think they'll make a couple subtle moves. We've seen Murray do that before. And, uh, you know, I, I have faith in this team. I really think they'll make the playoffs. It's really just a question of how far will they go, Eddie. Yeah, I think normally you count out any team who's 10 points back of a play or of the Pacific Division title going into the Christmas break. But as we talked about earlier, the Ducks were 16 points back at one point, and they came back 
and won the Pacific Division title from the Kings. So it's it's hard to count out this team, especially when the majority of, of the same players are there. Now, obviously, I don't think any of us are too worried about winning the Pacific Division title at this point. I think it's just about getting into the playoffs and seeing what happens from there, especially if this team can get 100% healthy. I think that's the main point. But now, as you mentioned, with all the Pacific Division foes they're going to be facing in the second half of this season, you know, there's some ground that can be made up. They're one point back of Calgary. They're two points back of San Jose, eight points back of Vegas, and ten points back of the LA Kings. That's not a huge margin to make up, especially when you're playing a lot of these teams. You know, If you can win these important games, that ground's going to shrink pretty quickly. Yeah, like you said, I mean, the Ducks are ten points behind the Kings, but they played them twice in January. Uh, so, you know, there's there's definitely a uh, you know, chance that the Ducks can catapult themselves back up in the top three of the Pacific Division. And you've got to look at this team. Everything that they've been through, all the injuries and everything, they're still hanging around. And you know what they always talk about when a team is hanging around and you don't knock them out, they always come back. And, and I firmly believe that. I really think this team is going to come back. Um, they've been hanging in there. They've been fighting hard. We've seen some guys step up, as we've talked about, Montour, uh, Waugh, Casse. We've seen some of these guys you know, play well. We've seen, of course, Miller and Gibson hold down the fort in the net on several different games. I mean, you just can't even count how many times that they've made saves and, and, you know, and basically kept the Ducks in this game. We even saw, basically in this last one, Eddie, I mean, Miller was in net, and the Ducks ended up pulling this one out against the Islanders in overtime, you know. Um, and he and he would probably say that there was probably one or two goals that he could have stopped. But um, this team has a lot of resiliency in it, and I think that's huge. And this team has been there before, and I think that that's a, a key point going into the second half of the season after the holiday break. We saw them do it last season. We've seen them do it a couple times before. And having that experience before is going to be a key for this team. When they get back Perry and Getzloff, uh, you know, I, I would be afraid to play the Ducks, Eddie. Yeah, and I think one thing you noted as well is having two solid netminders. And it's something we haven't seen since the Ducks had Freddie and Gibson together. And then being able to play both of those guys and not really worrying about who was going into that, knowing you're going to get a good performance. So I think that's something that's going to be important. And obviously, you know, Gibson is still the number one. Miller's been getting a little bit more starts as of lately, I think, just to give Gibby some rest. But, you know, when each of those guys goes into the net, you're, you're knowing you're most likely going to get a good performance. And I think that's important going into the second half of the season, especially when you're playing back-to-back games, and then even going into the playoffs. You know, if one guy has a bad night, and the other guy can step in and, and have a solid game. So I think that's going to be important for confidence going into the second half of the season and the playoffs as well. Yeah, absolutely. The key is the Ducks just get a little bit on track as far as getting healthy. And uh, we'll see what what Murray does come the trade deadline. And, you know, I, I would hold my breath because I think this team is going to make uh, a decent run come the second half of the season. So with that, we're going to wrap up the show. I hope everybody has a happy and safe Christmas. And obviously, New Year's is coming up as well. So happy holidays to everybody. Thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back probably after Christmas. And we'll talk more about the Ducks. And thank you, like I said, for listening, and let's go Ducks.